Hey you, happy Sunday. You're listening to episode number 91 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about the story we tell ourselves when we lose weight, how keto changes over time, how to transition from a keto diet. Yeah, you got that right. How to live without goals and so much more. Thanks so much for downloading this episode. I'm really excited to chat about this. I've felt such a strong call to chat more about how our life can be more than weight loss. And if you've downloaded today's show, I feel like you're open to that idea too. And my experience with weight loss is <laughs> super deep. How much time you got? And I'm sure so many of us are the same in that way of just thinking and feeling like we need to lose weight in order to be happy. And it's it's a slippery slope and it's something that I struggled with for many decades, just trying to figure out where my place was in this world without using my body as a currency. And we're going to be chatting a bunch about diet culture and what happens in your life when you're no longer shooting toward weight loss and how that even looks. Like, what do you mean? I don't need to lose weight to be happy, but I have an extra 10 pounds. So we're going to be going through a lot of that. But if you're struggling with the restrictive keto rules and you want more information about how to do keto with a more holistic healing approach, and you have my program Fat Fueled, which is a digital program. And if you got it, you know you have it. You can check out pages 10 to 15 of Fat Fueled because I go even more in depth in there. I've put together a little podcast extra specific to this episode. You can get it at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E91. Two cool things I want to share with you. The first is that we recently went partner free on the podcast. I know it's crazy. We also went partner free on the blog. There's going to be no more ads, no more sponsors. I'm feeling like super liberated about all of this and I'm very excited about it. I'm totally lit up because it allows me to kind of shift my focus back to the mission on why I started Healthful Pursuit and that was to provide free resources to help women. And as that's evolved over time, and now that I'm keto and learning more about my body, that's really to help women on keto. So now with no more sponsors or partner work to focus on, I have a lot more time, which means I started a thing that we're calling mini-sodes on Wednesdays on the podcast. So if you haven't already downloaded the first couple of mini-sodes, I think you should check them out. I'm chatting all about my lessons, struggles, day-to-day -day things, general musings, and so much more. They're just little short keto breaks in your day, specifically on hump day when we need it the most to get you through to the weekend. Think of it as like a little coffee date between you and I. And then the second thing I want to share with you is we're going to be chatting a lot about how life is more than just weight loss. And I understand that for some listening and perhaps for you right now, you're thinking, yeah, but I just want to lose weight in a natural way that feels good and isn't overly restrictive. And I just allow my body to kind of get there naturally. I made a guide for you. It's totally free. You can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash weight to download it. And it kind of just goes through how to spark weight loss without being super controlling about it, how stress plays a role in your ability to become properly fat adapted, how hormones play a role in all this and so much more. So let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women, so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, heal your body quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. And now, here's your host, 
You might know her as the Keto Queen. She's the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of Happy Keto Body, and she loves dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. Leanne Vogel Our guest today is Carly Glass. She's a 23-year-old Georgia native currently residing in the sunny state of Florida. She has successfully lost 82 pounds by the way of the ketogenic diet and consistent exercise. She manages a specialty coffee shop, has two cats, and enjoys beach days. Okay, let's get to this interview. Hey, Carly. How's it going? Hey, Leanne. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm so good. Thanks for coming on the Keto Diet Podcast. Absolutely. I'm really, really honored to be able to talk to you. This is so cool. Okay. So for listeners that may not be familiar with you, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about you? Right. So my name is Carly and I am 23 years old. I was born and raised in a a very, very small town in Georgia. Uh, My hometown probably had about 300 people. I graduated with 16 people in my class. It's just tiny. So uh, when I was 19, I moved to Florida and I was a live-in nanny for a family. Um, They ended up relocating to Chicago. So I stayed back in Florida because I just love the beach. (laughs) So now I live in a little studio apartment with my two cats and I manage a specialty coffee shop. So, um, you know, we go to latte art competitions, we roast our own coffee, and I've really been able to kind of delve into the science of uh, roasting coffee and extracting coffee, which is super, super exciting. Yeah. So that's a little bit about me. Um, Latte art competitions. (laughs) This is a thing. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, when you go to a coffee shop and you see people really, really taking their time to pour your latte, they put the little heart. Some people can even do birds on the top. I mean, it is, it's a serious community. It's a, there's a lot around coffee culture and it's just awesome to see how it brings people together. And I really like being a part of that. That is so cool. I learn something new every day. That's <laughs> yeah. definitely it for today. That's I mean, so you, cool. You can win a lot of money if you're really good at it too. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. So when I retire, you know what that's something that I might consider. <laughs> okay. So what is, I like to ask this question of all of our guests and that is what does keto mean to you? Well, um, keto kind of signified a point in my life where I really, really needed to make some changes. So for me, keto basically signifies a stepping stone from unhealthy behaviors to more healthy behaviors. And it helped really helped me to make that step in my life. And I think keto for me also, you know, means looking at the science and really figuring out for myself, what kind of foods make me feel good? What kind of foods put me in a place where I can truly live my best life because I feel good on the inside? So, yeah. Beautifully said. And how did you find the ketogenic diet? Well, throughout my childhood, I actually saw my father, you know, lose close to 100 pounds through just the low carb method. So in high school, I decided you know, that I wanted to lose some excess weight as well. And I was successful in losing about 20 pounds, but I was very, very active um, in sports and I played basketball and our coach was, you know, he liked to run us. So we were running suicides one day and I began to feel incredibly lightheaded and I was on the verge of passing out. 
So I made the decision to stop dieting at that point. But since high school, you know, I always knew I had the knowledge and I had a testimony to the low carb life, but I also knew that something was missing. And for me now I look back and it was the high fat aspect of it. So when I decided I wanted to change my life in February of 2017, I Googled low carb meal plans and voila, uh, up popped the ketogenic diet. And so after, you know, a good amount of research and thought, I decided that that's what I was going to try out. Amazing. Okay. So from February 2017 to now, what has that journey been like for you? Oh, uh, it has been one of really self-discovery. It's been very introspective. You know, when I first started, I thought, well, for sure, you know, if I lose this weight, I'm going to be super happy and that's going to solve all of my problems. But in fact, it was quite the opposite. And I started finding that out after, you know, about 40 pounds lost, which is a significant amount of weight, you know. So it's been it's been a journey of up and downs. You know, I've heard a lot of people in the weight loss community say that this is not linear, And even, you know, one's journey to self-love and to self-acceptance is definitely not linear either. But it has really, you know, keto has really helped me to to kind of steer myself towards a more healthy path of, you know, self-acceptance. And did that start like it sounds like that didn't start right away. Like it sounds like at first it was like, I'm gonna lose weight. Right. And then slowly it morphed into something else. Absolutely. And so for that, I'm super thankful for keto because had it not been for for that, I don't know that I would have ever began to look at my my own relationship with myself, which is telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's hard to explain that when somebody's not keto. And I completely understand what you're saying. There's just something that happens when you've been eating fat for a while, yeah. that just stuff changes. It's, a, it's this high level of mental clarity. And you know, the whole world around you just starts to make a little bit more sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're in I don't even know what month it is, right? It's almost June, right? I know, that's crazy. And I know it's just this year is going by so fast. So you've been doing keto over a year. What does your keto diet look like right now? Like what's your relationship to food? How are you doing life today? Well, you know, I, I was never, okay. So I'll just go ahead and throw this out there. I have never tracked a full day of my keto journey. So a lot of people will just call that like intuitive keto eating, or a lot of some people in the community will call it lazy keto, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. But so for me now, I am doing a lot better at incorporating, you know, more foods back into my diet. For example, fruit. Uh, At the beginning, I was super restrictive of something as simple as strawberries. I was very nervous to eat those foods, but now I find myself like really, you know, craving some strawberries at night and I allow myself that, you know, it's my keto diet right now uh, is kind of possibly morphing into a little something different. You know, I'm at the point now where I would really like to start incorporating other foods back into my diet, Um, things such as sweet potatoes. You know, I know you talk about your carb up methods quite a bit. And those were really, really helpful for me to 
go to a place where I didn't have to feel guilt and shame around food or non-keto foods, because in the beginning, I definitely did. You know, I was like, oh, you know, my keto journey, my keto diet, it has to be perfect and no non-keto foods allowed. And now I'm at a place where I, you know, run to non-keto foods with open arms just so that I can experience um, the lack of guilt and the lack of shame, because that's really good for my mental, if that makes sense. Uh, Yeah. So like I said, I don't, I've never tracked my macros um, a full day. Uh, Some people would call that, you know, intuitive eating. Some people would call that even lazy keto, which I don't really like that term. But to be honest, it makes me feel really good to know that I'm no longer eating, you know, downing sodas and potato chips. And then I'm actually eating, uh, you know, leafy greens and healthy fats and, you know, good proteins. And that's enough for me at this point. My days of eating don't have to be perfect. I don't have to hit certain numbers to feel good about myself anymore. And so I think that's really, really important. And that was key for me in accepting who I am and what my journey was going to look like as well. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. And so you recently shared on Instagram stories that you don't want to do keto for life. And I just wanted to pick your brain on what your thought process was on that. Yeah. And that was probably, you know, I'm thinking that was probably a pretty uh, scary topic for a lot of people to kind of hear, but keto provided me with a form of calorie restriction that I needed uh, to kind of be successful in losing the weight that I wanted to. So right off, you know, right off the bat, like my first goal was, Hey, I, I want to lose the weight. How am I going to get there? So I used keto as the tool to do that. And I saw measurable results with keto. And, you know, after 82 pounds, you know, I saw myself becoming addicted to results. Now, I have an addictive personality, and I recognize that. So with that addictive personality, I have to be extremely mindful around the way that I correlate what I put in my mouth with the weight that I'm losing. Um, Because sometimes we can get really, really uh, addicted to results and lose sight of why are we actually doing this? So, you know, I think it would benefit me to try new forms of eating, uh, to allow myself some of these foods that, you know, I have really not allowed myself to have in the past, you know, while keeping an eye on the addictive personality that, (laughs) you know, has embodied me at times. Mm -hmm. I am also a very addictive personality. And it's it's a good thing for like work ethic, you know, and also not a healthy thing because right. I will work for 70 hours in a day and be like totally worn down um, because you get, yeah, you, you love the feeling of it. So I have so many questions and I know that listeners are also thinking, okay, so like, do you think, do you label yourself as keto now or how do you not? And how did you transition? Like, what did that look like when you were like, keto is not going to be a lifetime thing for me? What does that look like for you right now? I'm sure people listening are like, I don't understand. Right. I have been super conflicted over the past few months because I have eaten in this way for over a year. So in a way it almost became, you know, my identity. And for me to kind of face like, you know, this might be something that I don't want to do for the rest of my life. It's been really, really tough. And, you know, I still would consider myself keto now 
even though I do indulge, uh, you know, a couple of days a week and some things that, you know, aren't keto, but I also recognize that, Hey, if I ever get back to a place where I'm not feeling my best, I have the tool in my toolbox to pull it back out and do that again and get to where I need to be. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying new things. I don't want to be afraid to try new things. So I'm looking forward to the future. Um, but I am having a hard time, you know, not putting butter in my eggs and not frying up a pan of bacon. And if, you know, if that's something I want to continue to do, I'm going to continue to do it until my body is telling me otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. a lot of it is, you know, right now is experimentation for me and just allowing my mind to be open to new possibilities and to new ways of eating as well. It sounds like there's a sprinkle of intuition in there and trusting your body. And it also sounds like back in February, you didn't really have that skill of being able to listen to your body. Would that be fair or not really? That is absolutely the truth. Yeah. I had to, you know, keto for me, it forced me to look at food in a more scientific way, but I had to really place those restrictions on myself because I had no relationship with food. I didn't want to analyze, you know, that relationship with food that I had, you know, I had to really put the blinders on to, to keep going. And do you have any tips on how to connect to your body? I know it's a really loaded question yeah, and can sometimes be hard to put it into words, but is there something you do on a daily basis? Like you said, you know, it's really hard for me not to just want to eat all the bacon. And so I do that. Um, and you don't label yourself. How do you know that you feel like eating bacon? Um, can you put any of that into, into words? Yeah. So, you know, it's, I've always been the kind, and this is also stems from the addictive personality. Like we talked about, um, if, I want something. I talk to myself about it quite a bit, you know, and I have to like analyze my thoughts behind, you know, why I want this certain thing. And so, you know, for me, if, if I say, Hey, I want a spoonful of peanut butter, you know, I'm going to go and I'm, I'm just going to do it. And it took a long time for me to get to a place of, you know, non-judgment with myself, Um, And I'm still on the journey to getting there. But, you know, the why behind the food is really important to me. And if I'm, I'm, if I'm craving fat, that tells me that my body needs some kind of nutrients. And, you know, keto just forced me to take a good, nice, hard and long look at my relationship with the food I was eating. Hmm. And what about the relationship with your body? Because when you started keto back in February 2017, you were like weight loss. And now you're like, cool, I've lost the weight. But is weight at the forefront of your mind? Are you caring as much? No, um, I think that, you know, for me, it was the breaking point for me was really when I realized that it was never my weight that was the issue. There was never anything wrong with my body. But it was all about, you know, this image that I had of myself. It was me basically seeing somebody completely else in the mirror. And that was hurtful when I realized that, you know, I felt like I had almost betrayed myself in a way. So for me, connecting with my body has also really come through exercise. You know, I 
started going to the gym right when I started keto. And I really learned to, you know, fell back in love with moving my body at that point. And I didn't do, you know, crazy things. It literally just started out with me on the elliptical for 30 minutes. <laughs> and I remember looking at my best friend and, and being like, I went 2.5 miles today. How crazy is that? Like, I'm so proud of myself and my body is so capable. And, you know, that was a huge moment for me, especially, you know, when I started, um, weightlifting a little bit and seeing that, you know, my body was super, super capable of doing things that I had doubted um, myself before. Mm, I love that affirmation. My body is capable. Right. I've never, I've never used that before. Yeah. Affirmations have also been a huge, huge part um, of my journey here recently. But yeah, I think connecting with your body is one of the most important things you can do. And it can even be so simple as, you know, getting in the shower. I mean, I know, you know, that kind of stuff, it can be kind of sensual, but you know, when you, when you get in the shower and you get out of the shower and you look at yourself in the mirror, that's the perfect time to just like shout out, you know, affirmations to yourself and look at yourself in the eyes and really, really dig down from a place of love for yourself. And I found myself doing that quite a bit. Mm, Yeah, I do the same thing. In fact, maybe TMI, but I've started practicing yoga naked, Ah. which is really interesting. If you're ready to try it, I think you should. Because, you know, when you're wearing yoga clothes, everything is kind of like, you know, in there and you don't, you're not really with your body. But when you're on your mat naked, like, your all your jiggly bits are in different places and I don't know there's something when you're breathing in and out and moving your body and I highly recommend it if it doesn't sound too (laughs) hippie for people (laughs) um but yeah I I totally agree with you and that relationship with movement is so important and what was that transition for you I mean I have so many questions about what you just said but I want to focus on movement first because you, you know, you were active as a younger person with coaches. And I know what that's like. It's just like, go, go, go. But how has that relationship with movement changed for you? And are you doing the same activities? Or are they different activities? Well, I, you know, I coming from the small school that I came from and coming from the background that I came from, it was almost like, if you don't play sports, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) But um, so I kind of played sports out of, you know, a place of wanting to just be accepted. And now it's more, it's more of, I have to work out because this is, I don't have to work out. I allow myself days off, of course, but I need this for my mental health. I need this because I need to clear my mind. I need this so I can have an hour to listen to my music, you know, kind of unencumbered. And I also really enjoy going to the gym and seeing other people just really, really working on themselves too. And it's just a really happy and healthy environment for me. Whereas in high school, it was more of a thing where I don't really necessarily want to be here. I'm not having a lot of fun doing this. You're running me for punishment, you know? And it's really funny. Uh, I recently started dating someone who, you know, he also lost, you know, close to 80 pounds and he runs and he started encouraging me to run with him. And that is huge for me. That has been something that has been 
a lot of fun for me to just put in my headphones and to just go and to also connect to my body in a way, you know, where I'm also connecting to the world outside where I can, you know, see what's going on around town. I live in a really nice, you know, area where there's lots of tourists and always lots of things to see. So it really helps me to become more mindful of myself, of my thoughts, of my breathing and my surroundings. Mm. Um, because I'm obsessed with Florida, I need to ask, whereabouts do you live in Florida? So I live in North Florida. Uh, it's a town called St. Augustine. I've been there. Yeah. It's beautiful. You've been there? Oh my gosh. You're so lucky. Yes. I'm, I'm super lucky. I, and my, the shop that I manage is right downtown as well. Uh, I can literally walk to work every day. I'm super, super thankful, uh, for this wow. place. Absolutely. And it sounds like you're very um, intentional with your life. Would that be fair? It sounds like you're a designer of your life. Yeah. Like this wasn't this wasn't an accident that you're living in a place you love no. around people you love. No. Can we chat a little bit about your relationship with that and how you design your life? Absolutely. I, you know, I came like I said from a very very small town, and I remember growing up like thinking there has to be something more out there than just hay bales and fields of nothingness, you know? Um, So I knew from a young age that if I wanted to go anywhere or do anything, I had to be intentional in my steps to get there. And that's a, that is a loaded question, (laughs) but I had, I know I had to be intentional with my steps to get there, but you know, I also had to work really hard to design the life that I wanted. Um, and I'm still, obviously I'm 23, so I'm still really, really working on that. (laughs) But, um, to, to, to look back and think that this is where I am at this young age, it makes me really, really proud of myself. And, uh, I don't give myself a a ton of credit for that. And I should start doing that (laughs) more often. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I, I think that it took a lot of, me looking inside and asking myself, Hey, where do you want to be? What does your ideal life look like? And what are the action steps that you need to take to get there? And what also asking yourself, Hey, what do you not want? You know? So for me, I think living by the water was a huge thing. Um, that's been really something that has improved my quality of life. And so I knew I wanted that and I brought it to fruition. (laughs) Yeah, type A's and and addictive personalities. It, I'm the same way. It's like, well, I wanted it, and then I just, you know, like did it. Right, right, pretty much. (laughs) Like I just, I just got it done. You know, Um, at 23, I cannot, I can't even comprehend the conversation we're having. And you're 23. (laughs) Like I'm sure you get that a lot, but like when I was 23, I was not talking about these things. Yeah, yeah, it's um it's crazy how, how it all kind of happened for me. But I, I also like to think of fate and I like to think of luck, but at the end of the day, I know that a lot of the things that have happened in my life are simply because I decided that I was going to take my part in, in making my dreams come true. Mm, Yeah, that's powerful. I think a lot of people, and I've been guilty of this too, feeling like life just has it out for me. Right. There's nothing I can do about it. Oh, me too. And so I think that's so encouraging, even the fact that you felt that and been like, no, that's silly. I can totally design this myself. Right. And 
that's really powerful. Now, I want to jump back to the part where you were talking about positive affirmations, looking in the mirror, and saying all the positive things, even though I think what a lot of people don't understand is with positive affirmations, at least for me, I don't believe 99.9% of the things that I'm saying at first. Are you the same way? And how do you deal with like looking at yourself in the mirror and thinking, I, this is just an example, but like, my arms are big, and I hate my nose and all of those things that we can say about ourselves. You know, it's funny, I, I have a hard time saying them in my head and believing them. But if I look at myself in the eyes in the mirror and say them, and really look at myself in the eyes, and see the emotion in my eyes, for some reason, they become more true to me. Because I, I look and I see some of the pain and some of the hurt that all of that negative self-talk has caused me and done damage to me. And then I begin to really, really think, hey, you deserve to believe these truths about yourself. And it's time that you start believing these truths about yourself. Also, my best friend introduced me to a concept called neuro-linguistic programming, content reframing. So say that, you know, like, hey, my relationship ended, this is awful, you know, life sucks, you know, you turn it more around and you say, hey, well, I'm actually, I have a lot more freedom now. And I'm, you know, I can be open to new relationships and new experiences now. So reframing has been a really great tool for me. But also finding facts to support the irrational claims or the untrue things that you're saying in your head. So for me, it was like, I had one where, you know, I was thinking, oh, my boss just hates me. You know, they hate me. And she looked at me and she goes, Carly, what makes that true? What evidence do you have to support that claim? And it made me sit back and really think about all the ways that I think that my boss could hate me. And there were none. There were none. It was all this false illusion that I had made up in my head and I'm also a worrier and, you know, I worry quite a bit about what other people think of me, about how my performance comes across to other people. And so finding facts to support those irrational claims has been a game changer for me, really sitting inside my head and asking myself, what makes this true and what evidence do you have to support, you know, what you're saying right now? I love that. I need yeah. to do that. <laughs> I love, love that. Okay, so I guess I want to kind of chat a little bit with you about diet culture, if you're cool with that. Absolutely. Because I feel like since you were in the weight loss area, and now you're kind of not, <laughs> um, what feelings do you have about diet culture? And how are you able to navigate just like day to day stuff. I mean, America, especially, that's one of the huge differences between Canada, my home, and America, uh, where I'm visiting, is like, there's so many ads and there's like, you're, you're attacked by everything on a daily basis. Whereas Canada, it's not that bad. I got to come How do you deal with that? <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously, I do miss that part. Uh. <laughs> So actually last night I was on the treadmill and I was running and I go to, uh, you know, kind of like a local chain gym around where I'm at. And, you know, there's a bunch of bros and meatheads and, you know, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but there was this poster right in front of the treadmill where I was at. And it said, get lean, get built or get both. And I just see these three words in recession, like get, get, get. 
And I was thinking about it last night and it, you know, why can't we just be? And I asked myself that I said, why do I always have to chase the next best thing? Like, why can't I just be and accept and live in this place of acceptance? And then it occurred to me like, Hey, this is like marketing right in front of you on the treadmill, Carly. Like, it's awesome that I can recognize that now because a year ago hopping in, you know, to diet culture, I wouldn't have been able to recognize that. So diet culture for me really breeded a lot of insecurity Um, like it does a lot of people, I think. So diet culture also tells us that, you know, our bodies are wrong. So a lot of us connect our bodies to who we are personally, who we are on the inside. So when you tell me that my body is wrong, that means all of my decisions, all of my choices, everything about me is wrong. And for me, it's really, really been about shattering that belief that because my body may not be what's on the cover of a Vogue magazine, therefore I am not who I should be as a person, if that makes sense. Completely it does. And it's like you've reached into my head and picked up something (laughs) that I've been struggling with lately as well is that just be. It's interesting since we've moved into the RV full-time, it's almost been a year. And I feel like when you're living in a vehicle, which allows you to go any place, it's like you always want to go to all these places and you're always angry. Like we were in Florida in April. That was a horrible plan. It was so hot. And then, then I was beating myself up over the head of like, why did you plan it this way? You should have been here in January and now we need to be here. And oh my gosh, if we don't get to New Mexico by March, then we'll miss this one thing. And it's like constant, ah, it's, and it has nothing to do with my body or anything, but I'm sure I know I've done this in the past with my body and just with life in general. And and, and it, steals, know, yeah. it steals your moments of joy that you could be having yes. in the present moment. And that's yes. what it really, really was for me. And I could see how that could relate to your situation as well, because it sounds like you and I are very similar (laughs) when it comes to that. Uh, Like, I want to have a plan and I want to follow this plan. And if we veer from this plan, that causes me discomfort and that's stealing a little bit of my joy. (laughs) Yeah, completely. And then you don't enjoy, you know, like the East is kind of been a blur to me because I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, keep going, keep going. And you, you lose all of those moments that were, you know, when you take a step back and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I was watching power lines. We were driving by a bunch of power lines and you know how they go up and down and up and down through the window. And you're just like, yeah, this is great. Then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how cool is it that I get to do this? And not everyone gets to see this country the way I have and how lucky I am to be able to do this. And I'm like, Leanne, focus on that. Like stop, stop pushing. So I love, I love that just be message. I think for a lot of people, there's like, and myself included, there's this unsettling feeling that you get when you don't have a goal. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? You're just going to settle? And I, I think that, that that's a fear-based thought of if I'm not moving forward, quote unquote, then I'm not successful or I'm not doing what I need to do. I don't know. Do you feel that as well? Absolutely. You know, I, and that's not just with... Um, I'm feeling the brunt of that right now. That's not just with my diet or, you know, with my goals for exercise, you know, that's for just life goals in general. Um, it's really, really easy to feel stagnant and to just keep thinking about, okay, what's going to be my next move. And I guess for me, I had to pull myself back in 
And journaling has really been something that's been instrumental to me, you know, writing it all down so that I don't have to bear the weight of it at that very moment so that it doesn't steal my joy in that very moment. But I got it out and I'm recognizing the problem and I can work on it in the next couple of days or over the next couple of months. However, you know, much time I need to accomplish that goal. But in the meantime, you know, putting putting myself and putting my comfort is is really paramount instead of just constantly reaching and grasping at things. Because in your mind, when you haven't reached a goal, I feel like you're just thinking about why you shouldn't or why you're not there. For me, it's not a thing like, oh, I can I can really do this. It's more like this is why I haven't done this and I gotta get it together and I, you know, my I gotta get my shit together. And so I had to really, really be careful with that. So it helps me to just write things down and to open them back up and approach them when I'm in a healthier space, a healthier mindset, um, and I can, you know, accomplish them in a better way, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just have one last question for you. Well, two, actually. What do you feel is missing in the keto space Ooh. for women? I feel like... The biggest thing that's missing for women in the keto space is simply just radical self-love. Really, really women spending time with themselves and going inwards and looking and analyzing their relationship with food instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to, you know, fast for X amount of time. Or it's hard for me to say, I, I just think that there needs to be a lot more introspection My last question is, where can people find you? I don't have a blog. I'm not really much of a blogger, but uh, my Instagram handle is at underscore Keto Carly. So it's K-E-T-O-C-A-R-L-I-E. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leanne. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again next Sunday to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be confused as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcasts reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.